0: Lacey Gage from the Tangentialist blog digs up and discusses events and experiences from her own collaged history on having a stigmatized condition known as bipolar. She relates, reflects, and refocuses it into infectiously funny anecdotes and amusing stories that will have you in stitches. Being a roaming artist, a roaming distracted artist, that reinvents and reimagines her goals constantly, this podcast takes you down a twisting rabbit hole of icons and avenues of slightly familiar yet offbeat occurrences. Join her every other week as she delves into her own bizarre memory banks, pulling out some eccentric moments that capture the intimacy on the ups and downs of this disorder lived out in her electric days of her rebellious youth. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Tangentialist podcast with Macy Gage as your host. And this is where I will be discussing what it's like living with bipolar and a traumatic brain injury and these I don't think are everyday sort of situations for most people and I would like to take the stigma out of it. Another way of looking at it and where I wanted to start here was with primarily the the stigma uh, around the two and the angst around bipolar and how it has been described in the public eye and in sort of Hollywood has been depicted as something that's sort of glorified in a sense if you think back to when and the Silver Lining Playbook was released uh, not too long ago. It was actually a good portrayal of bipolar, uh, but they they did glamorize it and glorify it and just just make it obviously the beautiful people and as the cast and and not really showing you the horrible sort of circumstances that can actually happen when you have this. So I wanted to scroll down and see see what notes I've taken to describe this to you. And oh, now it's all black. Fantastic. Okay, so we're gonna have to take a break on that one. Where were we? We were talking about the stigma and the angst around these two disorders or illnesses or conditions. And they are they're not your everyday kind of thing that you that the regular person would would have to deal with every day. And maybe there are people that you know that actually have these sort of situations in their life, but maybe they haven't told you or maybe they're good at hiding it. I am one of those people that can hide it. Not that I think I have to sort of just shout it out to everyone, which I actually ended up doing when I was in university, which not a good idea (laughs) to, you know, as you're starting to get to know people, just first thing you say to them is, I have this and I have this and I have this, all these major conditions or, or just things that aren't your every day that people are like, "Whoa, uh, well, I'm not going to talk to this person," but but yeah, so I don't I don't suggest ever doing that. I don't intentionally mean to keep it away from people. I don't think it's something that people can actually handle. To when you're just starting to get to know them, it's something that over time, you know, over a year or two, maybe you could just sort of slip it in there in conversation. But yeah, it's it's a it's something that is not. Dealt with or realized in a in a realistic sort of setting in in society or in the public eye, it's just sort of sort of snuck under a rug, and it's just it's not it's not perceived correctly. And this is where I wanted to to talk to you about. A lot of people that you may actually maybe not know them per se, but you know of their careers and their their personalities. And these people, the first one that I know of that I was surprised when I heard that that she actually had this, but her name is Carrie Fisher, and you may be familiar with her from Star Wars, um, the original in 1976. Also, there is, hold on a sec, see what I can, I can come up with the list that I came up with, which I can provide the link to and how I came up with this information. It's actually pretty simple to just what celebrities uh, have bipolar disorder and but I was able to pick out the ones that I thought were most familiar and so I'll I'll give you this this list that I came up with Carrie Fisher was the first one an American actor I believe she's American Uh, Russell Brand a British comedian Vincent van Gogh who nearly 200 years ago he's a French uh, impressionist painter may not be familiar to everyone he's pretty famous Mariah Carey a singer Francis Ford Coppola, a director. Stephen Fry, a British actor. Mel Gibson, actor. Linda Hamilton, an actor. You may be familiar with her from her Terminator portrayal. Ernest Hemingway, a journalist and writer. David Cavett, an actor. Edvard Munch, a Norwegian painter. Dolores O'Riordan, an Irish musician from the Cranberries. Rene Rousseau, an actor and model. Matthew Sweet, a singer. Jean-Claude Van Damme, an actor and MMA fighter. This one I was surprised by. Uh, and also Jean, I just mentioned that. See, that's one. <laughs> that's another little sort of issue that I run into that when I'm reading, sometimes I read the same line more than once. And I, I don't know if I'm if it's just with being bipolar and, and having my traumatic brain injury, but, but it happens a lot for me. So, and after, okay. So Scott Wyland, singer from um, Stone Temple Pilots, Kanye West, singer, Brian Wilson, musician from the Beach Boys, Amy Winehouse, singer, and Catherine Zeta-Jones, a Welsh actor. There's a much longer list that range from athletes to serial killers, mathematicians and everything else. But as I said um, earlier, I chose chose the ones I thought were the most recognizable. This shows that those with disorders can still be highly functional so much so that they become part of the collective consciousness. And the link to this information is http colon forward slash forward slash en period w i k i p e d i a dot o r g forward slash w i k i forward slash capital l i s t underscore o f underscore P E O P L E underscore W I T H underscore B I P O L A R underscore D I S O R D E R. As I said earlier, I just looked it up that way. People with bipolar disorder. So uh, I just looked up the stigma with bipolar. And a website came up on how to cope with the stigma, and here's what it said. People living with bipolar, they may be shunned by acquaintances, friends, and even family. They may be laughed at behind their backs or to their faces. And when I read this, I was like, oh my gosh, all of these things have been done to me. And I thought I had done something wrong. Well, I probably did, but nothing that really deserved sort of that response. I just wanted to sort of put that out there so that we had some sort of framework to go by so that it's not just me letting you know from my perspective, like I am giving you my perspective, but I'm also giving you other people out there that, that you obviously have some recognition of that you may be surprised that, that you didn't even know that they had this or just, just yeah, that it's 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 more common than you actually thought. So yeah, moving on, moving forward, living life, and dealing with the challenges and the ups and downs. How lately? How the public has been fascinated with this disorder. Um, recently, it wasn't wasn't currently, not quite. Anyway, there still is sort of a fascination with mental health and and how to sort of cope with people that have mental health issues and how to appropriately be responding to them in in a an appropriate and way and how to make sure that they get their needs taken care of there the, lately there has been sort of an umbrella for disorders and that is a little a little troublesome because you can't use um, mental disorders or mental illness as an umbrella term to just cover everything because That's kind of the way the DSM is, which you're probably not familiar with. But it's the Diagnostic Statistical Manual. And I like to call it the Cookbook of Mental Illness because it describes everything that you can imagine. And there's some new ones that I've never even heard of that I just like, I was like, what? How do they get that one? (laughs) Because it doesn't even suit an anagram at all. It's like it just like some weird letters like L. What was it? E-M-N-F disorder or something, something weird like that. I should have been more prepared to describe that one, but it was just a bunch of mixed up letters that didn't end up making anything that was something that you could actually remember. It just sort of boggles my mind how, how the public likes to just sort of use an umbrella term of mental health and and how they're just trying to compartmentalize people and how just give them pills and just put them in in a hospital and try and just keep us separate from everybody else thinking that that's that's the best way to handle things when you know what we're just like everybody else we have ups and downs just like everyone else does it's just for me per se for for bipolar it's as i said the ups and downs but for for the more severe sort of illnesses uh, and the less noticeable you know like going from say schizophrenia to oh I can't even think of the name of it it's it's an an anagram that I that I already compartmentalized and I can't even remember it now but it's it's someone that's OCD some obsessive compulsive disorder which a lot of us have actually have that right our little sort of nuances of our our personalities but I don't like the umbrella term and how it, it tends to encompass everything that slightly resembles anything that's out of the ordinary it's like the public just wants to sort of put put them in a separate place and and it's the other and it's something that's that's not supposed to be spoken about it's supposed to be the doctors and and the therapists and the, you know, they deal with that but yeah I want this this blog to and this podcast to be more about the real issues and what actually happens and the repercussions and and how I have learned to to cope with living with this and and just, yeah, just let's let's move on and, and, and get into it. Talk about relationships, disasters, episodes, hurting those that have cared or seem to have cared, how things were before my injury and the uh, disorder, help the public with being able to deal with or understand, comprehend, process this whole mental health sort of cloud that's out there that we just, we don't need to pretend like it doesn't exist and try to walk away from it we we can live with what's going on around us and, and see that it's that it's actually it's it's more common than we actually think and that there are a lot of high functioning people with mental disorders as I mentioned to you that long list those people are very very distinguished and very successful in their careers right so it's not it's not this this is something to be shunned or, or something to be ignored or pretend like it doesn't exist because what it, what is that gonna to accomplish but sort of retreating of where we have already come from right so anyway let's move forward this is what the fourth episode so yeah I wanted to talk about how I was sort of losing focus as I said I skimmed over over my childhood talking about the big events but I wanted to rewind to to that period in my life, and talk about what exactly made me lose my focus. Because I really was—I like to think of myself as as a, a little genius. I, I used to always always think that that that's what I was, and that that's what I was gonna gonna go on to sort of become. And I was just gonna continue with that. And I was just I was just gonna show how smart I was, and I was just gonna continue going to classes, and and you know just get a great job, and and just you know just be very intelligent is what I was thinking I was going to do. But yeah, then I became a teenager and that's when sort of everything kind of just fell flat. Because yeah, hormones kick in and all of a sudden I started liking boys. But yeah, what made me lose focus, as I said, was I guess just becoming going through puberty and and how I sort of just lost myself in the, you know, the changes that were happening to my body and, and the changes that were happening around me because, as I mentioned One of the big moments was I moved almost to another province, which was such a big, a big thing. I mean, I'd always known a big city. I mean, I'd known my friends. I'd known, I'd known my neighborhood. I'd known my school and my teachers, the places I like to go play and and my neighbors. And, and well, when you just uproot somebody, somebody so young, and then just expect them to just sort of fit in and, and function nearly in another province, it's like, wait a minute, it was a big shock. So yeah, I, I I was falling for for just about everybody back then. I was I was just I was really in love with being a painter as well. I really loved what it what, what it felt like to express myself in paint and and drawing. And I had this this fabulous sketchbook that that I just I just loved drawing and I loved painting and I loved just expressing myself and I just didn't really see that I needed to have a pursuit I needed to have a plan I needed to have okay how is this going to make me make me any money right I didn't I didn't think of that then but it was just I was lost in that expression of just being able to abstract and being able to to just be just be somebody that could express my feelings and and the way I saw the world and And yeah, it was just, it was just an exciting time for me. I was, I was really happy with, I wasn't particularly happy with, with where I was. I was in this, this tiny town, but, but I really saw that, you know what, as long as I, as long as I just kept moving forward and as long as I just, as long as I just kept my goals in, in mind, as long as I, as long as I didn't veer too far from, from where I wanted to be, then everything would get, would go the way I wanted to, or at least this is how I saw it. And and I remember I was I was in high school and I I was going to third period or something and somebody told me about a concert and did I want to go and I was like sure yeah why not let's do something fun and crazy and it was this this new indie band this new Canadian indie band called Sloan and I and I was I was pretty familiar with them I had one of their albums was it uh Twice Removed and and just I don't even know how I got there and maybe maybe I was doing some drugs on the way there and I just that's why I don't remember but but yeah it was a fun concert and and I really like to focus on I really like to think of my time in high school as a really positive time because I I had a really art focused high school moving forward and the last episode I was talking about my music and how that was kind of a foundation for me as an early teenager mid-teenager and I was just holding on to that as something to keep me stable something to something to give me focus as well as of course the arts and how i had fallen in love with being an artist and and how it just kept me very on target with where i wanted to be and kept me expressing the things that i wanted to and sort of preteen early teen trying to figure out where i sort of fit myself into this brand new school system this this island they had they had a lot of islands there but there was this blockhouse island that was down by the waterfront and a place where people would go in the summer and there'd be festivals and there'd be you know like a it was a focus of this little town to just like yeah let's everybody go down here and go walk around and and you know it's the it was the place to be seen i guess you could say and well i didn't i was quite far from there geographically but you know it was like okay this is this is what i need to to get involved in or at least be a part of and so i would go down in the summer and be a part of it and and that's where I ended up meeting Jake. This uh, this guy, this was when I was in like grade 10, I think. I think I just started grade 10. And it was the summer, or no, it was the summer of grade 9. I'm not sure. I'm not good, very good with chronological memory. Yes, I met this guy named Jake at, of course, an awkwardly inappropriate area, which uh, that should have raised the alarm bells right there, but at an arcade. I don't know. I thought, what does it matter? This is just a place to to have some fun with pool tables and video games. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But anyway, we'll get into that. And this is what I will go into great deal with in the next episode, as I take you down another rabbit hole of my heady days of my rebellious youth, tripped up by disorder. Thank you, glorious humanoids, for tuning in, folding up these anecdotes. I express them to you, and I give them For you to enjoy and consider as I reflect and remodel and re engage what the future has for me on these social platforms. See you next time on The Tangentialist.